Welcome to the Dawn of Hope Podcast. I'm Luke Harrison. Uh, welcome to another day of 30 Days of Hope. Uh, blog post that we're doing. If you're listening to this on the website right now, then uh, hop on over to the blog section and you can read this. Uh, we're with Joyce Garbett right now. Good morning. And she's here with us. And so go to mydawnofhope.org slash blog and you can listen. Or you can read and listen at the same time. Um, so Joyce wrote this blog post for us. Um, based off of Psalms 23.6. So surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So what kind of led you to pick that verse when we asked to, we kind of asked everybody to write something relating to hope, you know? Right. So what made that be the verse that stood out to you about? Well, uh, from the time I was a child, I knew that verse, I had memorized it, but it was never real to me until recently. And so it was something that changed my life, you know, when I found out that God is that good that he would actually cause me to come out smelling like a rose in every situation because goodness and mercy, he gave me this uh, little way to put it, goodness and mercy are stalking me. (laughs) Yeah, you know how a stalker just never gives up, never leaves you alone, is always following you. So he told me, Goodness and mercy were stalking me. It's a good stalker. <laughs> yes, amen. Yeah, so just kind of to take an excerpt out of this, you, you said, for decades was constantly plagued with feelings of frustration, disappointment, condemnation. It seemed it just wasn't possible to pray enough, read my Bible enough, decree and declare enough, or witness enough to earn and deserve those wonderful, lavish blessings of God. Then the day came that I received a revelation of God's grace, that his love was unconditional, not to be earned or performed for. It was a free gift without an expiration date. It didn't expire when I mess up. Goodness and mercy had surely been following me, and at last I opened my heart and let them in. So that's a really good, it's a really good hopeful message for people, because that's something a lot of people deal with, is like they try really hard to Mm -hmm. cultivate their relationship with God or cultivate their ability to, you know, do different things, and they go to church and they pray every day and they read the Bible for X amount of minutes or whatever, and, uh, Sometimes you can kind of get lost in the doing of the things instead of the revelation type of thing. You can get a revelation in two minutes or 20 minutes. It doesn't, you know what I mean? That's true. (laughs) So this is a thing that a lot of people relate to, I think, that you wrote. And so it's just really cool that, you know, it's kind of interesting because we've gotten a lot of, uh, there's kind of been a theme so far, and I don't know what day this is. Uh, This is what the fifth or sixth one I've recorded, but they're all going to come out in different order. I don't know what the order is going to be. Um, but so far there's been a somewhat of a theme of having confidence in that God is taking care of you in whatever situation. And it's kind of interesting that it's just been a consistent cause that relates to hope. Yeah. But so far everybody that I've recorded with that's had to do and yours does too, which is just awesome. But, um, so what about this really speaks to you? Like, what did the... What got me off the treadmill? Yeah, what got you off the treadmill? That's a good way to put it. (laughs) It was a treadmill of always uh, feeling like you had to do more. And whenever you did more, you might have felt satisfied for that moment, that day. But the next day, you were back at, at square one. You know, so it's always an earning, a doing, a performance mentality. But um, when I was 
attending a Karis Bible study. I wasn't enrolled in Karis at the time, but attending a Bible study, the dean and the director of the school said, if there's one thing I know, I know I'm loved by God. And that just hit me because, I mean, all the time, what if you didn't pray? What if you didn't read your Bible? What if you lost your temper? You just know you're loved all the time, right? You know, so it intrigued me, but I... I had to find out for myself if that was really true. If they could be so confident that they were loved all the time, I had to know it. I had to taste it for myself. So I, uh, the dean, Miss Pat, she told me, just go to Romans 8. And I mean, I lived in Romans 8 every day. But I was still reading it through rose-colored glasses because there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the after the flesh, but after the spirit. But the way I've been taught, anytime you messed up, you were in the flesh. Yeah. So I still couldn't, you know, I was still stumbling at, well, yeah, but who's perfect like Jesus that's not going to uh, walk in the flesh? And I think that's a terminology we as the body of Christ need to stop using when people make an error to say they're in the flesh, because later on in Romans 8, it says, if you're in Christ, you are not in the flesh. So are you in Christ or are you in the flesh? So when I finally got that revelation that if I'm in Christ, I'm not in the flesh. I might do something fleshly, but my nature, but I'm you're not, not jumping in and out every single yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, at the end of Romans 8, it says that nothing can separate us from the love of God. So I just said, well, I have to just believe it is written right here in the word and then um a guest came in from atlanta care school his name was uh elgin because i remember he was named after the basketball player before you were born <laughs> elgin baylor okay and he said that whenever you see the word beloved in the bible which you see a lot in first john four that's god is in love with you i'm like what not just god loves you <laughs> God is in love with you. And I'm telling you, it's like, he's my man. That's that's where I can relate from. (laughs) And so I thought, man, when somebody's in love with you, they're thinking about you all the time, which the scripture does say in the Psalms that he thinks about you uh, more than the grains of sand, that his thoughts towards you are more numerous than you can count. So, man, if God is in love with me, he's thinking about me all the time. He's trying to make me smile. He's doing everything he can, you know, to be good to me. And then that, along with Psalm 23, 6, surely goodness and mercy are following me. It's just like it ignited. I knew. And so I said, well, I have to test this out. So if... um, God is in love with me, and he's almighty. He knows everything. Nothing's a surprise to him, and he wants to do me good. I'm carefree. You know, like in the world, you have that sugar daddy who pays all your bills. (laughs) (laughs) So all these things were going through my mind. So I said, the way I'm going to test it is the next thing that happens, instead of reacting the way I would normally react, I'm going to give it to the lover of my soul. So something, you know, that might seem insignificant to someone else, but to me was significant. And I'll give you a little background. My car broke down. Big deal, your car broke down. No. I had, uh, well, 
there was a time when our car broke down. I lived in Belize. I live in Belize now, you know, I'm just going to school here in Woodland Park. And because we lived in Belize and we lived in the village, we were about 20 miles outside the city, which isn't far, but when gas is $12 a gallon and then, oh, yeah. <laughs> so nobody would want to come out really to work on your car. And if and when they did, they charged a lot. So we had had numerous mechanics come and mess up the car and make it worse and worse. It's like the woman with the issue of blood, you know, yeah. we went to many mechanics, but it grew, didn't grow better, it grew worse. Yeah. And so my husband had the nerve to say, we're not going to let anybody else touch this car. So for a year, we rode the bus. Us and our two kids. Now, the buses are not like the buses here in the U.S. You might not uh -huh. want to ride a bus here but you really don't want to ride a bus there because the buses are old U.S. school buses made for little kids. Uh -huh. So you're sitting in seats that are too small, your oh, knees man. are pressed up again, and then you have your children with you, and they sometimes the children can't sit with you. Well, my son was young enough to sit on my lap, and some, oh, it was just, anyway, it was bad. <laughs> so when we finally, after a year, when he decided, okay, I'm going to let another mechanic work on the car, and um, we got the car fixed. I said, I'll never ride the bus another day in my life. <laughs> so when the car broke down, this time, my mind just went back to, oh, my God, I have to ride the bus again. I said, I'd never ride the bus another day in my life. But then, ding, 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 ding. Wait a minute. Who's my man? Who's my man now? Right? Yeah. So um, I just said, you know, I'm not going to fret. I'm not going to get upset. I got somebody who's taking care of me that loves me unconditionally. And when I changed my attitude, Luke, I'll tell you, things just started to fall into place so sweetly. For example, one Sunday after church, I was the person that would usually unlock and lock up the church. And usually everybody's making sure everybody has a ride home. But for some reason this Sunday, everybody was in a rush. And it was nobody left but me and my son. And he said, well, how are we going to get home? <laughs> and I was like, in the blessed way, because remember, who's my man, right? So I'm not stressing, I'm not worrying. So we went out to the side of the road in Belize. You can catch the bus anywhere. You don't have to have a bus stop. You just stand out there and wave, and they'll stop for you. a taxi, okay. Yeah, kind of yeah. like that. So anyways, um, I was standing out there just rejoicing that God's got my back. And all of a sudden, my son said, um, this car's backing up. And I looked, and it was somebody from another district, which in Belize, that would be like out of state here. Okay. And uh, he backed up, and it was somebody, when I would go to that district, that I would um, always use his taxi. And so I said, Nick, what on earth are you doing here in Belize City? He said, I had a fare to pick up at the airport, but their flight was delayed. And so I came into the city to wash my car. Where are you going? I'll take you wherever you need to go. You know, so things like you didn't that. Have to God, take the bus. <laughs> didn't have to take the bus. So that was just the first time when I decided that, you know, if God loves me, I'm going to hand everything, cast all my cares over onto Him. And from that point, any storm that comes, I just say, Look, Dad, you know, He's my dad, but He's also my man. So, you know, He's just been faithful. Yeah, and that's, that's what really gets rid of that, you know, 
the frustration and condemnation that you're talking about is knowing that God right. really loves you to that degree that he's going to go out of his way yes. to make your life better. Even if you're, you know, I forgot one time we were talking about cars. I forgot to, well, I didn't forget to change it all. My vehicle leaked so much oil that it all came out and then oh, no. blew up on me. <laughs> and I was going to uh, a high school thing that was about, I guess, 20 miles away, 20, 25 miles away. And so I didn't really afford to not have a car. <laughs> sure. And uh, anyway, I kind of didn't have the money. I was like 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I don't really know what I'm going to do about this. And so I just kind of borrowed cars for a little bit. And then one of our family friends was in town eventually. And she was, she had a pretty, it was a nice car. It was like a luxury model. It was a little older, but it was a luxury model car. Oh, a nice wow. car. Okay. And she was like, you want it? <laughs> what? She just asked me, I want it. I was like, I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I drove that thing for three years or something. It's the only car. I've had that never broke down. <laughs> oh, wow. The Which, goodness of God. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy. It's like, maybe I should rely on God to bring me the rest of my cars. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's really good, and I think that's a really relatable thing for a lot of people is that love, you need to get the revelation of God's love, not just the, the like, everybody's like, oh, yeah, God is love. Well, God loves us. But then you get that revelation from home to like you said, like, God loves me all the time. Yeah. Like, no matter what. And you know, as you mentioned that, um, people quote John three sixteen for God so loved the world. First um, John 4, 8, God is love. But we really just have a head knowledge. So one of the things also that I would recommend to the uh, listeners is uh, on YouTube, it's a video called The Inheritance. Okay. And that's by Graham Cook. Are you familiar with Graham yeah, Cook? Yeah, yeah. He's awesome. And that was another thing that um, just expanded my heart and my mind about the love of God because he said, God loves you because he loves you because he loves you because he loves you because that is who he is. And you know, Andrew Womack often says, God doesn't love us because we're lovely. He loves us because he is love. And so I would just meditate on that uh, inheritance and God would just reassure me and bring it to my remembrance, you know, that my love for you is unearned, it's undeserved, because I sure didn't deserve it. I couldn't earn it, tried to earn it, couldn't earn it. Unconditional and everlasting. You know, I would wake up every morning and I would say, Lord, I'm, I'm wanted, I'm accepted, I'm loved, and I'm forgiven. You know, I'm loved, I'm wanted, I'm accepted, I'm forgiven, however many ways you can turn around <laughs> and say it. Yeah. You know, because that's something that everybody's searching for, to be accepted. You know, just the way you are. And another thing Graham Cook says, God is not going to love you anymore, any better when you become better. If you never even become better, God's love for you will be the same. Because yeah. he loves you 100%. Yeah, you're the one that grows with it. Yes. He stays the exact same the entire time. Exactly. Yep. And that's in love with you all the time. Yeah. And that's like the... Like you talked about reading the Bible, you know, every day and trying to do all these things. and mm-hmm. uh, But then once you kind of got a passion about where to read or something, like Romans 8 you were talking yes. about, yes. it changes too. Because one of the things that happens, I think, when you kind of try and force yourself, you're like, I'm going to read this 
this for an hour a day every single morning. I'm going to get up way earlier than I want to. And, <laughs> you know, I'm going to read it before I get a cup of coffee, which means I'm grumpy while I'm doing it. And then, <laughs> you know, I hate every minute of it, but I'm Yeah, and you start to build the resentment for the action yeah. of praying or the action oh, of, wow. of reading the Bible. You know that what I mean? That's so true. And so if, you, if you're like, you know what, I'm going to read this because I want to learn more about God yes. or because I want to get a revelation about God or because I want to grow in myself for some reason, mm-hmm. then that's when you start to get the revelation out of it because you're reading it out of a genuine desire, desire and a, obligation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's true with most things, honestly. I think pretty much everybody does things better that they want to do than yeah. that they have to do. I know. <laughs> I remember I used to cook certain meals and um, my husband would say, wow, this is really good. What did you do today? I said, I really had a taste for this today. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, so when you have a taste for it, it t- you make it taste better, but, you know, your desire, you yeah, know, when you're cooking, it says, well, they're hungry, they have to eat something. Somehow it doesn't come out. It's yeah, good. like peanut butter and jelly is good, but it's not great, you know? <laughs> there you go. Well, Cereal. and the prayer you put at the end of this, um, I'll just read it real quick. Sure. Uh, Lord God Almighty, thank you for loving, accepting, wanting, and forgiving me, just as I am. I receive your unearned gift of love by receiving your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, as my personal Lord and Savior. I believe he took the punishment for my sin when he died on the cross. I believe he rose again from the dead and gave me an entrance and eternal access to your throne of grace. From this point on, I can call you my Heavenly Father. I am now your beloved child. So, what... I guess what about that prayer speaks to you and why, what made you write that as the prayer for the, everybody that's listening to this, mm-hmm. you know, is going to read the blog and they'll see, you know, pray this prayer for God to reveal his overwhelming love for you. So then they pray that. So what encouraged you to write it that way? Well, again, the revelation that I got, and this is true for everyone out there, God has, God loves, accepts, wants, and has forgiven us. But sometimes we don't know that. So I started it off by, by um, just confessing and, and declaring and meditating and believing that God loves, wants, accepts, and forgives me. And then this is basically from Romans 10, 9 and 10, the prayer of salvation. So if any of you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the scripture says that you have to believe in your heart that um, God raised him from the dead. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. So I included that in the prayer. So once you pray this, you are born again, which means you have already been loved, accepted, wanted, and forgiven. God is in love with you, and he wants to pour out his love on you and show you the good plan he has for your life. Yeah, that's awesome. So thanks for writing this, and thanks for coming on, and this will be posted sometime <laughs> you're in the top 10 i know that well, so. it's a pleasure thanks for having me thank you for listening to the dawn of hope podcast please subscribe to this podcast feed and turn on notifications for more conversations and audio versions of sunday's teachings our sundays begin with a light breakfast at 9 30 the service begins at 10 o'clock groups and bible studies throughout the week include undivided young adults groups sunday evenings at five o'clock bringing young adults from all walks of life together. Follow up Wednesdays at 6.30 on Wednesdays, a conversational Bible study based off of Sunday's topics led by Michael Roberts. Prophetic writing on Thursdays at 6.30, hearing God's voice through journaling, led by Joanna Harrison. 
All events are at Donofo Branch at 178 Palmer Drive in Florissant, Colorado. If you would like to donate to Don of Hope, you can visit mydonofhope.org and click the donate button on the sidebar. If you're interested in holding an event at the ranch or would like more info on anything that we do, please call us at 719-687-3425 or send us an email at info at donofhoperanch.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Don of Hope podcast. Mm-hmm.